Welcome to the Potter Discussion. Welcome back to the Potter Discussion, discussing Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the Wizard World fandom. I'm your host, Oscar, and this is episode 191. Thank you all for joining me today on this lovely day. It is, of course, a pleasure to be recording to you. Today uh, is an episode that I got inspired to do by a recent episode that was just put out, and that episode was was Deathly Hollows: A Fitting End to Harry Potter. That episode will be linked in the show notes. It was a fantastic episode. I, I very much enjoyed it. But today is kind of uh, related to that, and we are going to be discussing if Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone was a fitting beginning to Harry Potter. And I think this is definitely along a similar strain. It's going to be interesting to discuss because there's a lot of things that um, are, well, personally, I find good or bad, but there are also some some things that are be very fun to discuss in this episode. So I very much hope that you will all enjoy it to the same degree that I certainly will. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you want to hear in the show, you can send those to thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. And of course, thepotterdiscussion.com for more info, contact quotes, hall of fame, and more. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's get into today's episode. So the first thing I want to discuss, and really the first thing that really jumped out at me while writing this episode, and really the inspiration for this episode in the first place, is really answering the question, did Dumbledore make the right choice? Because this is definitely something that I think we have discussed, we will discuss, and we are discussing now that and it is it is it is a huge question. And I think though there isn't a definitive yes or definitive no, we can certainly make a stab at kind of pointing out the good and bad qualities of his choice. And of course his choice being to give Harry to the Dursleys. That is one of the decisions that really uh, impacted the book in a huge way, and it really set Harry on his course. And to think, you know, if you went to the the even the Weasleys or someone next door or anything like that, how different would Harry's life have been? And I think it's a bit of an interesting discussion because the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, why didn't Dumbledore just bring him to an orphanage? You know, why didn't he just do that? Well, I think the answer, and I think what we can assume is the right answer, is he didn't want another Voldemort, you know? Parents dead, no one wants him, stuck in an orphanage, no one pays attention to him. That is a recipe for disaster. And I think Dumbledore at least somewhat suspects about the Horcrux and Harry at this point. So he knows that, you know, the capacity that Harry has to become Voldemort is a lot higher than, for example, Ron. You know, Ron is not going to become Voldemort, but Harry just might. He's a parcel tongue. He has the power to do it. He, you know, is almost going to be in Slytherin. Like, he's, he's, if, if he had not gone to the Dursleys, if he had not met Ron, like we discussed in the previous episodes, if he had not gone on the path that he luckily did, there is a solid chance that he would have joined Voldemort and that he would have, uh, of course, assuming that Voldemort doesn't want to kill him anyway, there's a very solid chance that he is uh, on, on, a, on a track for evil. But luckily, Dumbledore does not give him to an orphanage. But of course, then the choice is, is it 
you know, which family that does does Harry go to. I think the Dursleys definitely came to mind. And I think because Dumbledore didn't really see how horrible they were. I mean, McGonagall was watching on the stone wall in her cat form. She saw Dudley, like, screaming, you know, at, at uh, Petunia. And, I mean, she's been watching, you know, the whole family dynamic for, for hours and hours, maybe even days. So... She understands that this is not going to be a very fun-loving kind of family to go into. And I think Dumbledore might know that that is somewhat true. And I think he definitely believes McGonagall. And he definitely trusts that there is definitely a dynamic that's going on that is maybe not going to be so great. I think the other factors, such as, you know, his only remaining family and having the protection of, you know, being with his family uh, when when he's underage... That's definitely going to be, you know, uh, going into the decision uh, as to where Harry is going to end up. But of course, Dumbledore cares about Harry's well-being and how Harry is feeling and doing and living. So I think it's definitely a difficult choice for him, though he does eventually make the decision and to, to send him to the Dursleys. And I think that was probably the biggest factor was probably the protection that Harry receives because, of course, he has that that protection of calling his, you know, the, the Dursley's house home. He cannot be touched by, by Voldemort and uh, his mother's protection is still there. But, of course, when he leaves, you know, he doesn't call it home anymore. That is when the, the moment that the magic breaks, you know, the trace, hopefully, well, the, tra- the, the trace does break. He's got, you know, all these protective, protective, protective charms, and he's good to go, but then he leaves in Deathly Hollows, and that is it. That benefit of being protected for that long is great. It is great. I mean, we saw in the, in the uh, Sorcerer's Stone, like, a, a bit, a bit later, that he, you know, that protection was what defended uh, Quarrel away, and it's what got, you know, Voldemort. So to think that he wouldn't have that protection in these, these books where he really needs it, I think it is definitely safe to assume that he would not have been uh, alive after very long. So that is definitely part of the decision for Dumbledore. So now we really have to decide, was it a good decision or a bad decision? And this is, of course, it's a double-sided answer, but I will give you one, one word uh, as, as my answer here. And I think, in the end, it was a good decision to bring Harry to the Dursleys. And I think though Harry might not agree, and though his early years may not have been so pleasant, and he may not have been treated with the utmost of care and respect, I think in the long run, it goes without saying that the protection that he gained from that household and that uh, magic environment is definitely worth the many years of suffering that he went through. Because like I just said, he defended it against Quirrell and I mean, Voldemort couldn't could even touch him, of course, that changed. But it was such a good investment on Dumbledore's part to bring Harry to the place where his mother's uh, enchantment could could live on. That's definitely a great decision on his part. And though, yes, Harry would have been much happier in a different place, the Dursley's household is really what molded him into the person that we know him as, and it really gave him the skills and the life that led him into Hogwarts and really gave him the um, personality that we know him to have. So overall, it was a good decision, but of course, 
maybe could have been treated better in a different place, but he got protection, so good on Dumbledore. But we've mentioned that question, so now let's move on. Now there's another question that is a very large question indeed, though I do think it is easier to answer. And that question is, do we get properly introduced to the characters? So this is much easier to answer. It is definitely more one-sided, and I think we all definitely know the answer, that the answer to this question is yes. We absolutely get properly introduced to the characters, and I think the reason why this has been such a successful series and why I really fell in love with the first chapter is we ha- it's such a, a skillful introduction, and we really get a sense for every character in this one little thing. I mean, Hagrid, we, we can really, you know, get, get Hagrid's, you know, caring and Dumbledore's affection. And we see, you know, McGonagall's stern, smart, but she also cares about the boy. And I think we also, I'm going to be honest, the one character I feel like we don't really get introduced the best to is probably Harry. We will get into the reason why later, but... Just as a bit of a surface level, I don't think we really see his whole, you know, persona. I think we really only get the part of him that comes out with the Dursleys. And that's kind of it. And I think, I mean, besides that, we really get everyone. I mean, especially the Dursleys. I think the Dursleys, I mean, did very well. I think especially Aunt Petunia, we really see her as a character in, in the first couple chapters. Uh, in, the, in the film, uh, Fiona Shaw is fantastic. We really see, we can see, you know, Petunia. She's like, that is exactly the person who I, uh, you know, was thinking of while reading. That is who I saw. And I think that is a very, very good play on the filmmaker's part. But in the book, especially, we really get a great view of the Dursley's Dudley, I think, is fantastic, and we we really can see his character, even though he's he's a you know a baby for a lot of the first chapter. I think we can still definitely see who he is. I think Mr. Dursley as well. We really can um, kind of get a window into his person. I think especially when he's uh, trying to like defend the house against all the letters, we can really see how much he cares about magic and how much he wants to you know get rid of it forever. And he's nailing the door. And I especially love the moment when he's sitting. Uh, it, this this is this is in the film when he's sitting at the dining room table, and he's like, ah, Sunday, fine day Sunday, like, I love that scene so much, how he's, like, blinking, he's, like, hysterical, his face is red, he's, like, been working for hours and hours on end, like, that is just a beautiful scene, so I really, really love these first couple scenes, and I think going past that to the Hogwarts Express, that's really where we meet some of the more core characters. I definitely one of the, another one of the moments that I love so much in the films that was a great choice is when Hagrid and Harry are walking uh, along that like bridge in in King's Cross, and Hagrid is like, "Oh, blimey, is that the time uh, the Dumbledore will be wanting?" And he like pats his chest, his like pocket, looking for the Sorcerer's Stone in the package, and. He like, oh, he lost it, and he goes, oh, well, he be he'll be looking for me. I love that scene so much. I think Robbie Coltrane really really pulls it off. But then Harry gets onto the Hogwarts Express, and this is a, another great int- introduction to the Weasleys. I think especially Molly Weasley in the the scene where Harry's trying to get onto the platform, we really get that side of her, you know, the 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 the, the mother in her, and. 
then sitting with Ron in the train compartment is a, another fantastic introduction. Then we do get one that I'm not too crazy about, and that is Hermione, because I think we 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 get like the pompous kind of you know know it all side of her. We don't really get you know the the more kind of caring friend that we later get to know. So though I think we do get to kind of know her. We don't get to know all of her. So I think that's definitely something that I would have probably, you know, put more of the kindness in her, you know. I think it might just be how it came off in the film, and now I can't unread it in the book. But kind of the way it came off was, like, she has a list, you know, Neville has his toad. Hello, has anyone seen Neville's toad? Hello, like, it's, like, robotic. Like, she's just checking things out. Like, it's not, she's not doing it out of the kindness of her own heart. She's just doing it because someone told her that it happened, you know. But I think... Even besides that, we do kind of get to know her at least a little bit. So I think to answer the question, absolutely. Another fantastic introduction. I think we definitely get to know the characters and especially get to know the story. Then, you know, we kind of go after that. We are really set up for a fantastic couple of books. And why well, is a couple of seven books? And I think this is this is definitely the perfect lob for a uh, really a uh, perfect series. And I think definitely these these introductions have definitely stood out as really fantastic. But I think, like I said, there are a couple that maybe didn't go so well. Harry being one of them, I did like it. But now let's move on, and I will explain why. So why? Why do I not think that the introduction to Harry Potter himself wasn't as top-notch as it could have been. I think it's, I would give it a 95 right now. There is one thing that I think could really push it over the edge, and that is I would have liked to have seen Harry do some magic. And I know what you're saying. He did do magic. He, you know, vanished, like, the the vanishing glass. That's what, that's, that's what the chapter is literally called. And, like, he did all these, like, cool things. Like, yes. That's magical, but we don't really make the connection that it's Harry. What I would have liked to have seen is, like, true magic. Like, he is, like, walking down the road and, like, you know, I don't know, like, he levitates something by accident. Or, you know, he gets, like, Slayer Dudley is, like, angering him, so he, like, pushes him into a, I don't know, vat of lava. Maybe not that extreme, but something more magical than just, you know, Harry's on the ground, like, ten feet away, and the glass vanishes, and then Dudley falls in. Maybe something more than that. So it's definitely a tough, it's it's tough, I get it. You know, we don't know Harry's a wizard. We don't really have the, you know, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but it's, it's, it's tough to put magic into the story so early on, especially when we don't even know Harry's a wizard. Now, of course, we do know Harry's a wizard at this point, so going back and rereading it and seeing these early signs of magic, it's nice. And the only reason that we that we you know can appreciate the vanishing glass is because we know that it is Harry who's doing it, not you know, well, <laughs> frankly, not someone else. But the re- but why I do not give him his 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 character introduction a hundred percent is because we don't know that it's him who's doing it. It could be anyone. It could be I don't know Dudley for all we know. Maybe Dudley just pushed the glass and maybe it just disappeared. Like it just the connection is just too far and we can't really you know see him and make that uh, definitive you know yes that is that 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 was Harry but for example you know sitting in his bedroom alone and he you know 
he can't read and Vernon has shut the, you know, the, the latch and he has no light. He, you know, just, he, all he wants is light, light, light and boom, like a little, like a flicker of something, you know, like something like that where it's kind of pushing through under the layers of muggle. We really see his magic kind of poking through. That is the kind of thing that I would have loved to have seen because, of course, Harry Potter is a wizard and he is very powerful. And, of course, we kind of know that already. So it would be very, very nice to just see those little kind of hints. It has it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be that extreme as like a light appearing. It can be, you know, the littlest little thing. You know, I would be happy with a spark or some like something like I just, like I don't I don't even know. It's 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 definitely a hard thing because like I couldn't you know just say oh that's exactly what I, what I want you know, and of course it could be a thousand things, but just a little more magic on Harry's part, I think would have really set up the book for something that we kind of could have expected more from him. Because at this point, we're really, you know, we're using him as our only kind of template for what a wizard is. So if we see Harry casting these, you know, if he's, I mean, vanishing class, like that's a pretty advanced spell. I mean, to completely vanish this huge, you know, pane of glass, that's pretty advanced. So that's kind of what we're basing our entire, you know, wizarding knowledge on at this point. So then we go when we go to Hogwarts and we see these, you know, kids who can't, you know, summon a little, you know, cracker. Then it's kind of like, oh, well, what is it that, you know, like all these wizards are just horrible. You know, Harry's the only decent one around. So we don't understand that Harry is kind of above the rest of them at this point because he has that little bit of Voldemort helping him. So I don't know. There's definitely a lot of discussion that could go into this, but I think just in my opinion, one of the things that would really elevate Harry's character introduction would be being able to see some more magic. But that is one opinion, and of course, there's much more to discuss. So let's move on. So we've talked about some of the negatives, you know, Harry not doing magic. We get it. But there now I want to get into some 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 general positives of this chapter. And one of them is I think it was a fantastic choice to begin from Mr. Dursley's perspective. It wasn't first person, it was third person, but it was still I think a great choice to be seeing Mr. Dursley going about his day instead of Harry. And that is Definitely something that I I can commend the author for doing because it was I reading that I can appreciate how much you know different uh, the story really is because of that. Now, Mister Dursley is a very muggly muggle, and he knows about magic, but he wholeheartedly denies it. He despises anything to do with magic. It is it is out of the ordinary. It is strange. It is weird. So he does not like it. And that is exactly why he notices it so much. Of course, his his office is his his desk is facing away from the window, so he doesn't see the owl swooping around, but he still does catch a glimpse or two. And I think, you know, the people are kind of going all like in robes. So he when he when he bumps into that wizard on the street and he says, Oh sorry, sorry, this is a beautiful day. This is a wonderful day, you know, Harry Potter. And you know, when when the name Harry Potter is getting thrown around and Mr. Dursley's like, What the heck? I, I like I feel like I haven't I heard that, but isn't haven't I heard that before? You know, that is definitely something that I think is very, very nice. And then when he goes home and he's like, hey, uh, you know, Petunia, 
so what's the name of your sister's, you know, kid? And like, then it's like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Okay. And then we kind of really get to have that sense of like, what's going on? And then that's kind of the first moment of like kind of connecting the threads between what we saw that scene with Dumbledore, Hagrid, and McGonagall leaving Harry on the doorstep and, you know, finally having uh, that connection between who is Harry Potter and then, you know, at the end of the chapter, you know, and then finally, you know, Petunia went to put out the milk jugs and she found Harry Potter on the doorstep. That is definitely a chapter that I think is one of the one of the best in the series because it really introduces the story in a great way. I think what we see from that and why Mr. Dursley is kind of the beginning is we can see magic because at this point we are just as knowledgeable as Mr. Dursley in this whole, you know, scenario. So I think seeing Mr. Dursley go about, you know, his day and have all these interactions with magic and magical people and owls and all that kind of stuff, we can really relate to a situation, though we might not be like, oh, is that magic? Yeah, I hate that. You know, it's it's not that extreme, but we can still we can still relate to a situation and we can still see that even though he might hate magic, it's still a strange situation to be had. And we, as, as the readers still not knowing anything about magic, seeing, you know, Mr. Dursley's reactions and how alien magic is, is a very good way of kind of introducing Harry as a concept. You know, Harry Potter has his his whole, you know, uh, I was going to say his, his whole panorama, his whole aura is based on magic. And though the, the Dursleys might try to stamp it out of him for 11 years, we still know that Harry Potter is a magical kid and he is certainly going to be showing it later on. So that is definitely one of the things that I am very, very pleased to have seen in in this, you know, beginning from Mr. Dursley's perspective. But of course, there is always more to discuss. So let's move on. There is one more positive that I would like to discuss, and that is about... Hagrid. Of course, we love Hagrid. We know and love him. He's a fantastic character. He's a great liaison in between the Muggle world and the Wizarding world. But that is exactly what I want to talk about. And that is, I think Hagrid was a very good choice for a kind of first magical person into the story. Because Though we may not know it at first, he is a wizard. I know he may have some giant blood. He is still magical. And I think the reason why he's such a good introduction is because it's kind of like, you know, jumping into like, you know, a cold bucket of water. Because Hagrid is someone who, when you see on the street, it's like seeing someone who's really tall. Like, of course, they're human, but like, how is someone that tall, you know? And like, with Hagrid, it's kind of the same situation. If muggles see him, they're not. They might. They might look twice. To tell the truth, but they're not going to think. Oh, yep, that's a wizard. Like it's. Not, it's. It's not that kind of connection. So I think the fact that Hagrid is kind of just a little bit out of the ordinary. That Harry can kind of see, like, oh, like maybe is he like is he magical? Like is he from a magical place? Like like where I'm going to go? And I think when he casts, you know, spells and Dudley's pigtail and casts the fire and like his big overcoat, I think that big overcoat is a very nice touch because we have, he like is taking out all these things and like it's, it's like Harry's like, oh, whoa, like that is not something that you see every day. 
So it's not so much that he is a magical person. It's just that it is a good introduction into the wizarding world because we are going to meet some pretty odd people who don't really know how to interact with muggles very well. But Hagrid does know how to do both. Well, I don't know both, but he does know how to he how to interact with muggles. And he I think especially because the the Durs are just so terrified of him that they aren't going to approach. Of course, he uh, Vernon did, did buy a gun and Hagrid did tie it into a knot. But still, I think they are still going to get to know each other very well. So the reason why I think Hagrid was such a good introduction is, again, because he is just, you know, kind of the first step in a long line of steps. Because, for example, if Dumbledore had, like, apparated into the middle of the cottage and, like, uh, on the on the rock and, you know, started casting spells and pulling up his floating map and his, like, lunar stopwatch and his spectacles and, like, his beard and his robes, like... The Dursleys would have had a collective heart attack. But, I mean, now don't get me wrong, they are pretty terrified. And Hagrid banging on their door, you know, trying to get into their house, I certainly wouldn't be too happy about that. But... They, you know, of course, they kind of felt protected, and, you know, Vernon was like, I'm armed, beware, I'm armed, and Hagrid kind of banging, 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 the door comes off the hinges, and I think it's, it's also fantastic when Robert Coltrane just goes, sorry about that, and he puts the door back and sits down, like, that, it's like, I mean, Harry's just like, whoa, and I mean, like, once, once Harry realizes that Hagrid's not gonna murder them all, I think he kind of is like, oh, wow, like, this is, this guy's, this guy's pretty cool, and they kind of, kind of kick it off from there, but Hagrid is just kind of the first step in a long line of steps that Harry will eventually take, and I think it's also good that, that, uh, Harry meets Hagrid first, because he can really get to know him best, and I think as, you know, Hagrid being the one who takes them across the lake and meets them at the platform, and then eventually is the charismatic creatures teacher and they kind of can really get to know him and they're um the the, the trio and Hagrid are, are I mean best friends I think Dumbledore kind of knew that Hagrid would be a great person for Harry to meet and that is why he sent him and of course Dumbledore trusts Hagrid with his life so I think it was definitely a, a good choice on Dumbledore's part another good choice on Dumbledore's part to send Hagrid to their uh, little residence and and meet Harry. But, I mean, Hagrid's just a fantastic person. I mean, he's just all around good morals. He, he He's caring, and he really knows how to interact with people, especially muggles, like we've been saying. So I think the fact that Dumbledore sent Hagrid, it was a very good choice. And Hagrid was a, a really good uh, first magical introduction into the story. And this was really the magic that we were kind of looking for. Because after, you know, the vanishing glass and after seeing all these different things that Harry was doing, now coming in, you know, now Hagrid walking in and sitting on the couch and just pulling out his umbrella and shooting these, like, like it's like that's magic in its purest form. Just, you know, shooting these beams into the logs that create fire. That is just fantastic fantastical so that is that is definitely a a very very nice touch all all the all the magic that was going on all you know the well i mean all the magic that's pretty much it and then also Hagrid enchanted the boat to row them back to shore and he says i'd appreciate if if you didn't mention this study it up at the school harry all of that is kind of really adds to this picture of magic that we really get to know and that we really get to 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 love later on in the story so that is one one more positive but there is one final thing that we must get to before this episode ends so let's move on so one final decision one final segment for this episode and i think we all know what it is 
was the Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, a good beginning to Harry Potter? I think this is definitely probably the easiest decision of the entire uh, episode, frankly. I think let's just say it on a count of three. One, two, three. Yes. Absolutely. The first book in this series was a fantastic beginning to the entire rest of the whole series. And I am definitely pleased with the way things gone. Though it may not be 100% Harry, we still get a lot of, of those fantastic magical touches that really make the books shine. So I am very, very pleased with the Philosopher's Stone, with the Sorcerer's Stone, I'm just going to say Philosopher's Stone, and I think it is it is a really fantastic book, and I very much enjoy reading it, and well, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a reread, but I started at the Prisoner of Azkaban, so I'm definitely going to have to go back now and read the Philosopher's Stone. I am looking forward to it. I love reading it. I think the, the, the films add such a great touch to it with those fantastic scenes, so many great actors, and so many great uh, filmmakers, frankly, that are on those 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 movies, and it's really great, so... I am very, very, very happy with that whole thing. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you want to hear on the show, you can send an email to thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. That is thepotterdiscussion at gmail.com. And of course, at thepotterdiscussion on Instagram also works. Uh, if you enjoy the show or if you enjoyed this episode of the show in general, you can go ahead and leave a review. Five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser is always appreciated. I appreciate every single one of you who submits a review. It helps me out and helps new listeners find the show. So thank you everyone who does that. And of course, if you want to uh, find out anything about the show for contact, my favorite quotes, some of the best episodes that we've ever had in the show, you can go ahead and head over to the Potter Discussion. Dot com. It's finally being updated now. I'm I'm doing my due diligence, so it is all ready and updated for every single one of you. So thank you, everyone who goes to there, thepotterdiscussion.com. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I will see you next week. And as always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. I will see you later. This was the part of discussion.